Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifted you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. And as we end this series, it's not only a series, it's kind of a benchmark that we stand on for the rest of the year. Um, we said in this series that what the enemy stolen in our past, that we believe that God is going to put it in motion in 2021. That, that whatever was stolen, whatever was, was taken from us, um, God is going to restore in us in this year. And, um, but, you know, there are areas that we need to learn from as we move into this life in motion. Let's give you a quick recap of what we talked about this whole month. Week one, we talked about um, there's no time to waste. There's no time to waste. We are living in the end times, um, but that doesn't need to bring fear in our life. It needs to bring freedom to know that we're in motion. So we also said about merging. We talked about the merge sign, and we said do not merge your 2020 into your 2021. God is opening a new lane. He's doing a new thing in your life in this season. Um, So that's what we talked about week one. Week two, we talked about stop the stop in your life. And we talked about that the pause is not the pause of the vision, but the pause is for us to just prepare for what is to come. In the pause in life, in the stops in life, it's not for us to give up. No, but the the stop is for us to prepare for what God is going to do. Week three, which was last week, we talked about the crossroads in life. The crossroads in life and how we need to be ready for when God intersects our life. And we talked about how God, sometimes we come to just see God, but God is here for us to experience him in 2021. And today we're going to be talking about another road sign. And I'll promise I'll be done with road signs for the rest of the year. Um, But the road sign we're going to talk about today is road work ahead sign. Everybody seen those before? Road work ahead sign. When we see this sign, is an indication that there's, a, there's work ahead on the road that you're on. Um, but then God spoke to me in this concept of, you know, moving forward and in motion. He actually talked to me about the actual people working on the road and how they identify themselves for the oncoming traffic that is there. So usually people that are working in these construction areas, they wear a, a reflective um, vest, all right? Let me get this right here. This says Axios Church. If you want to be part of our parking lot team, we got you covered, right? Usually they have it on their shirts or or they wear a vest like this. And what this vest does, it reflects the light and it, it shows the oncoming traffic that there's a person there and you need to be careful. Right. It reflects. It gives a, a, a reflection of what is to come. But here's the thing. The vest uh, identifies to others um, the identity that, the, that, that that is to come. Then God gave me this thought. God gave me this thought, um, and that's what we're going to be speaking on today as we move motion in our life. He says this, what you put on identifies who you are. What you put on identifies who you are. We, we, we come to choose in life that, we, it also says that what you choose to put on identifies who you are, and it identifies whose you are. See, I love clothes, especially shoes, you know. I have an unhealthy uh, obsession with shoes. You know, you have your thing, I have my thing. Don't judge me, all right? All right, don't judge me. 
All right. So I love shoes. And I think it all came back um, to the time when I was about 12 or 13. I went to um, church camp and I was I'm the youngest of all my siblings. Um, you know, uh, my, my brother, which is here, I'm not going to identify him because I don't want to embarrass him. He's like 82 years old. Um, but um, but he, he's definitely older than me. So I, I kind of grew up, you know, when, when I was growing up, I kind of grew up by like by myself. Like my, my sister got married when I was like. I don't know, but I was, the, I was with my parents all the time. So, you know, back when my parents started with my brothers and, and my sisters, they, they, it was all about, you know, making them look good. But then me, the, the runt, I'm the last one, you know, I was like the oops, I did it again. And, um, and, and, and I come to this, uh, I, I get like the scraps, so they don't care what I look like. You don't care. My brother dressed me most of the time. But then there was this season of my life, it's called middle school, okay, where my brothers, my sisters were out, and I would just, I had to fend for myself. I had to fend for myself. So all I had to identify was what my mom gave me, okay, what she bought me. All right, so this, I went to church camp for the first time, and I was so excited about church camp. And my mom comes with these shoes, and I was super excited about these shoes because I, 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 I love Jordans, okay? So I was like, I got the new Jordans on. I'm ready to go and everything. So I go to church camp, and I'm swagged out. I'm just a walking, and I'm like, <laughs> Look at these Jordans, you know. Look at these Jordans, and I, I'm, I mean, I'm thinking that that they're, they're, they're the, the the nicest pairs of shoes, which they were. They were real brand new, but then I see people started laughing at me at church camp. You jerks, we're here for Jesus, and and uh, I'm like. What's, what's going on? I mean, I have the, the, the Jordans. I saw them on the TV, you know, Michael Jordan kind of thing. And I'm like, these look very, you know, they, they, these are the ones. So I go and I'm, I'm going and I see laughing, laughing, laughing. And I say, I say, what's going on? And they're like, boy, you got some shacks on. Anybody know what shacks are? They're from Walmart. They're $12.99 and they're all replicas of, of, of all the Jordans. So what I thought I was wearing some nice fresh Jordans, I'm wearing some, some Shaquille O'Neal Walmart $12.99 brand replicas. It is a shame. I'm just walking around thinking I have the real thing, thinking I'm, I'm the boss around there. And people are laughing. They're like, boy, you got some shacks on. And it just changed my life. And till this time, we ain't getting no shacks in my house. <laughs> my kids are wearing Jordans. You know, I, well, we'll go broke. We're getting some new sh good shoes. I'm so traumatized. I'm going to counseling, I promise. But the, then God spoke to me, and I said, what I, what I thought identified as real, others identified it as fake. See, let me say it like this. What if to you, you are not the issue but others think you are. What if to you you're real, but to others you're fake? Because what we put on identifies who we are. What if what we put on is identifying us and we don't even know it? We don't even know it. See, in this motion in life, the weight matters in our life. See, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings us so closely, and let us run with endurance the race set before us. What we choose to put on will determine the motion we freely walk with. What we put on in our life will determine the motion we will freely move in. 
John chapter 8, verse 34 and 36 says, Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sinned is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets free, you are what? Free indeed. But what happens when you portray freedom on the outside, but you're enslaved on the inside? See, we can show others that our best selves, we can show others that we don't have any weaknesses, but we are on the inside. We are enslaved to the things we put on ourselves. In moving forward in the motion, we have to be aware of what we wear. I'm not talking about clothes. I'm talking about the issues, the situations, the sins that we put on on the daily and we walk with on the daily and we wonder why we are weighed down in life is because you put on what you should be taking off. What are some things that we put on that are weighing us down, that are not letting us move in the motion that God has us to move? How about this? Number one, we put on offense and hurt. Let's put on this jacket right here. We put on offense and we put on hurts. There's a difference between being offended and choosing to be offended. There's a difference between being offended and choosing offense. See, being offended said, I can get over me. Choosing offense says, I have something to prove. I'm going to be offended because I have something to prove. There are people in the church and not in the church as well that God has a plan for them, but they never walk into it because offense is trying to hold them down. When we choose offense, we see everything through offense. When we choose to live with offense, every decision, everything we walk with, we see it through the offense that we try to put on. And we say stuff like, oh, wait, they, why did they say it that way? Oh, wait, they're looking at me a certain way. Why, why did they do it this way? You know, I'm supposed to have that position, but why, 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 why? I hate, I, I hate them because they got the position I didn't. And when we live with offense, always putting on offense and living life does not produce fruit. It doesn't produce fruit. You can't have offense and then also speak, uh, speak fruit in your life. Because what, what's on the inside is eventually going to come out. And it can be good fruit or it can be rotten fruit. It's fruit nonetheless. But what kind of fruit are you portraying to the people around you? At times, what we wear, we do a copy of, and then we give others to wear as well. Because offense is infectious. Misery loves company. So you, some of you, oh, not some of you, I'm not trying to blame you, okay, because you guys are holy. I'm just talking about the world in general, okay? Some people... Hold offense, hold hurts, and they can't live life by themselves with that offense. So what do they do? They tell others. And then that person get offended. And then that person get and every you ever seen twins? They always have to match each other, right? You're just making a clone of yourself through your offense. And sometimes everybody gets offended in the line of your offense, and you get over it, but they're still offended. You infected people with something that you should never even be wearing. See, James chapter 3, verse 16 says, 
Uh, for where there is jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there will, not, there, there will be disorder and very vile practice. Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18 said, You shall not take vengeance or bear grudge against a son of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 19 says, A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city, and quarreling is like a bar's of a castle. Let me say it like this. When you choose to walk daily with offense, you build bars around the blessings God's trying to bless you with. You, you, you build bars and, 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 and fortresses around the blessings that God has. And you're like, God, why not getting blessed? Is maybe you need to let go of some things. Maybe you're still dealing with stuff that happened years ago. And it's still holding you down. And you see everything. You make every decision through the pain that somebody, that somebody hurt you long ago. I'm here to tell you today, the pain is real. But once you come to freedom, God can do something different. The weight of the world can get off you. And you can live freely in God. What God has for you. Motion. Motion with the fence does not work. It does not work. James chapter 1 verse 19 says, Know this, by my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. It doesn't say be quick to speak, slow to shut up, and just talk all the time. It says be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Maybe how we defend ourselves against the fence is maybe we need to see people we don't need to see the worst in people all the time. See, giving the benefit of doubt, maybe clarifying the offense, you know, but, but what we do, we let it fester and it kills us on the inside. Offense can block the motion when we're trying to walk with it. How about number two? Some things that we put on. This pink jacket. I'll wear that one day. These are all my clothes, so if you see it on me before, don't judge me. All right. <clears throat> we put on doubt, doubt. Moving in motion with doubt makes us unstable. It makes us unstable. Doubt, this is what you need to know, doubt removes faith. Doubt removes faith. Doubt is, is, I have to see it before I believe it, but the issue about doubt, it always puts an unnecessary filter over your faith. That's what doubt does. I have, to, I have to, you know, I always have to doubt people, doubt church, doubt relationship, but doubt strips us, our faith from moving forward. James chapter one, verse six says, but let him ask in faith with, with no doubting for the one who doubts is like the waves of the seas that is driven, tossed back and forth by the wind. Having doubt makes us unstable. It makes us unstable. Doubt makes us unstable at all times. We're always on edge. We're always anxious. But here's the thing about doubt. The doubt is real because it's attached to a branch to your past. It's attached to what happened in the past. So what happened in the past now has given me a doubt. Now I'm living a life that is so in bondage that I'm getting weight that I should not have. And I'm doubting everything. Sometimes... It happened, something happened, but here's the thing. We need to learn from our past 
not live in our past. See, the past is there, but our past is for us to learn. Not for our past to just follow us all the time. Faith looks past what I don't see and trust God in knowing that he's still working all things for my good. Do not walk with doubt. It strips us of the faith that God wants us to activate. How about this? Number three. Get this one right here. We put on false security. False security. Let me explain this one. In Mark chapter 8, verse 36, it says it like this. Can you help there? There you go. It says like this in Mark chapter 8, verse 36. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit its soul? I mean, you gain everything, but you lose everything at the same time. See, we can put security in so many things that would never fulfill the spot that God needs to fulfill. But we put our security in money, relationships, connections, goals, fortune, friends, and all these things. And and those things can't sustain you. Our security needs to be in God and what he does in our life. But here, I'm here to tell you, we wear false security And when false security, when you have it in your life, and when real trials come, the false security you have cannot cannot sustain you when real trials come. Because you can't throw money at your sin and let it go away. Only God can do that. So we put our security in all these things that are that are fulfill us for a moment, but God fulfills us for a lifetime. And we and we weigh ourselves down and we put these things on and we walk with it each and every day. Our security is in God's love and what he's done for us on that cross. But when we rely on the things and not the one, we always are weighed down in failure. We're always weighed down in failure because the, the things that we have are supposed to be a resource and not the source. So when we rely on so many security things, I got, I got to get all my 401k and all, and that, that's completely good. And I know Eric is looking at me because he does all that. He's like, you need to get it all the, get it, get it set up. But I'm here to tell you, you do. But when you put all your faith in that, you're always going to be left, uh, you're always going to feel like a failure. But when your security is on your anchor for your soul, which is Jesus Christ, the weight is there and and it it doesn't let you, it's so much weight that you can't move. You have to get back to the source, not the resources, but the source that God, and that is him. What's another thing that weighs us down? We put on hopelessness. Hopelessness. Living a life with no hope is so heavy. It's so heavy. Romans chapter 12, verse 12 says, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Lamentation chapter 3, verse 24 is, The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will put my hope in him. And last one, Hebrew chapter 10, verse 23, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful if we only operate with what we see in front of us 
we will put on hopelessness and our dreams in our life will never be fulfilled. When we walk with hopelessness and it dresses up with and we dress ourselves with hopelessness, we don't walk with purpose. We don't walk with drive. We live for just the now and not push for what is tomorrow. We are weighed down and we put on weight and we put on things that are going to hold us down. What we put on determines the movement of our motion. Stand up. Let's put this one on here. You always got to, you know, what outfit put a vest on, you know? I guess that's, no, don't do that, please. <laughs> so we have him. This is Josh. This is him. Naturally, he shouldn't be walking with all this stuff on. And to be honest, he looks ridiculous, all right? <laughs> and the motion in his life is stiff and the motion is like he's not walking freely with his arms that is supposed to he, he looks ridiculous now no, you look great we can't operate freely wearing the items that are going to slow us down we we can't and to be honest with you people see the stuff you put on and they look at you sometimes just as we look at this guy right now ridiculous I'll come back to you. you. You think you're hiding your offense. You think, you think you're hiding all these things, but it's really showing and it's weighing you down. So what do we do now? How do we get the weight off? How do we get the weight off? The only way you get the weight off is work it off. Work it off. When you lose weight, it's easier to put on the weight but it's harder to take off the weight, but the results are worth it. The results are worth it. I mean, it's so easy to be offended. It's so easy to ha have hopelessness, because look at our world. It's so easy to put our security in so many other things, but when we do wear this, it's really hard to take it off because it becomes our identity. When our identity is supposed to be in God, we put it in these things that, that we are weighed down. So how do we get it off? Number one, we face it. We face it. You cannot take off what you do not face. You can't remove what you cannot face. There's so many people in, in, in life that they want to get over their sin, but they don't face their sin. They just like hide it and put it under the rug. But what happens all the time? They go back to it. We have to be honest with ourselves and stop blaming other people. I'm offended. I'm hopeless. I, I'm, I'm doubting. I'm put on security. I, we have to face it to change it. We have to face it to change it. But this is where believers fail. We have these issues, and you know what we do right away? Because we're like super Christian. It's the devil. The devil made me do it. Which is true. He's working. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, neglect that. But the devil has to use someone. I didn't say that. Josh said it. <laughs> Sometimes we use the devil as an ultimate cop-out for the stuff that we don't want to face. Yeah, he's working. Yeah, he's, 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 he's probably whispering. But, but you have the power. 
well, that is in you to resist the enemy. So we need to face our issues. We need to face the things we put on. And, and maybe you're a part of the issue. Maybe you need to turn the mirror around and you're the one that needs to face you. Maybe instead of praying for others to change, maybe you need to change. God, there's this person, and I, they might be a little crazy. I pray for them to be removed. I pray for them to be saved. And that's great. We need to pray for people. But have you prayed for yourself lately? God, what's within me? What's the nasty stuff in me that needs to be removed? What's the nasty stuff in me that I haven't been holding for years, for, for, for decades, that I need to remove in my life? I might have been church hurt 20 years ago, and I'm still working, and I'm still working on it, but I'm still holding it, and I can't even come to church and, and worship freely because of somebody that did something so many years ago. You're holding it. You have to face it. You have to say, listen, my name is Eric, and I'm church hurt. You have to face it. You have to face it. We need to face it before we change it. But facing it is the most humbling thing ever because you don't like to face the issues. You don't have to, you don't, we don't like to be real with ourselves. We don't like to be real with ourselves. But that's why in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all your hearts and not lean on your understanding. Your understanding will fail you. But then it also says that when you trust in God, he will direct your path. So your trust and your faith needs to go in him and not by your understanding. And it says in, in John, 1 John chapter 9, verse, verse 1, not 1 verse 9, it says, If you confess our, your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have to confess to God, I'm the issue. I need to face it because I want to change. In church, what we do sometimes is you say, hey, calm down. We'll shake you a little bit. And then expect people to change, which, yeah, it happens on times. But here at Axios, we ain't going to shake you that much. But we're going to walk this thing out with you. That's why groups are important. That's why community is important. Because what we do is like, hey, come get Jesus, but do it on your own. No. There's some times where you got to be confronted. And somebody got to tell you, hey, stop talking about people. Hey, stop going to that place. Stop going back to that. You have to be faced with your issue. And sometimes what happens when we're faced with our issue, we're like, no, I'm not dealing with that. But in reality, on the inside, you're slave to it. God puts people in our path to help us through this. But we have to first face it ourselves. Number two, how we get over it, we face it. Number two, we hate it, hate it. We hate it. We must hate the thing we're leaving behind. We must hate it. I love bread, obviously. And if I want to change my habits of losing weight, I know bread is my weakness. So in my mind, I have to somehow, some way, it's very hard, <laughs> hate bread. Deny bread. Like, don't buy bread. But then I found this thing called Ezekiel bread. I don't know if it's healthy or not, but it says it is, so I'm eating that thing. It's like $14.99, but bring on the bread. 
You have to have in your mindset that I have to hate it a little bit so I don't go back to it. We, we need to hate sin. In our society, sin has become acceptable. In our society, sin has become wanted. Sin satisfies us for a moment, but what they say when you're eating, what they say, a moment on the lips is uh, what? Lifetime on the <laughs> lips. Sin weighs us down. We need to have a sense of hate for the thing that is weighing us down. We can't be like, oh, it's, it's okay sometimes. No, I, I hate how I looked when I, when I was dealing with that offense. No, I, I hated when I felt hopeless. A hopeless I, I hated those things. One of the scariest things to live is life without conviction. Life without conviction. Conviction means a firm, hold belief or an opinion. Conviction says, I I can, some people think uh, living life without conviction says, I can sin because God still loves me outside my sin, which is great. He still loves you. But there's a difference, you know, but it's true that God has love as well, but he also has anger as well. Let, uh, let me tell you, we all fall short, but there's a difference between falling short and then choosing to fall short. It, there's a difference. If it doesn't hurt, you see, if it, if it doesn't hurt you that Jesus gets hurt, you have no conviction. If it doesn't break your heart that you're not pleasing God by your decisions and you're like, I'm just going to live my life, you have zero conviction and you're in dangerous waters. We need to hate the fact that my sin doesn't please God, and that I hate not pleasing God. So through my actions, I'm going to have conviction in my life, and I'm going to try my best. Yeah, I fall short. I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm going to try my best to please God with my actions in my life. I got to hate the thing that I'm leaving aside. We must hate it so we don't go easily go back to it. I hate when I was offended. It made me feel and look ridiculous. I hate when I doubted. I hate when I didn't activate faith in my life and I was hopeless. We need to choose this. We need to face it. We need to hate it. But then we also need to start removing it. Number three, removing it. We must remove the thing that doesn't make us move. Stand up. See, I choose to remove offense with forgiveness and trust. See, I choose to remove doubt by having faith. I choose to not put security in things that are just material things of this world. Look how new it is. I just didn't even take off the tag. But I put my trust into the anchor of my soul, which is Jesus Christ. I choose to live a hopeful life and tell my mind that even though it doesn't look hopeful, I stand on hope because Jesus is working for my good. And I don't know why you have this one on, but let's take it off too. We need to remove the issues before the issues spread. We need to remove these things before they become a cancer to our life. 
and spreads to every aspect of our life. You're wondering why you, you, you feel like you're not the best parent? Maybe you have some offense that you need to deal with. Maybe you feel uh, um, heavy on some things in life. Maybe you need to get and remove some things in your life. And when you remove them, you can move and activate how God intended you to too. You, you, you can move with your arms. You can move straight. Get back here. Um, <laughs> when you remove it, you become lighter and you see things a little different instead of holding things that are weighing you down. So we remove it and then last, we don't go back. We don't go back. It's so easy to look at this pile of junk and say, well, it's easy enough to just be offended again. Because at least I had control over that. Well, man, I see the news. I see everything. And it's a hopeless world, so I'm just going to pick up a hopelessness again. Just live life with no purpose. Well, you know, like, I know God is working all things for my good, and I got to put my security in him, but I still can't pay that bill. I guess I just have to just work harder and, like, like neglect time with my kids and just, you know, do what, you know, and you would pick it back up. We, we can't pick it back up. It was hard enough to get it off. Listen, all you people that work out, and I hear you say, all you people. It's easy enough to put on the weight, but then when you work it off and take it off, like, it's easy to put it back on. Like, but all that hard work, all that hard work you took to remove it, why would you want to pick it back up? You fasted. You prayed for that thing to be removed. And when God removes it, we're so comfortable with our sin that we're like, I'm just going to pick it back up. But the hard work was done on a cross long ago. He died for your sin. He rose again. And he said, don't pick it up. We have to fight every day not to pick up the things God tells us to remove. It's going to be healthy for you not to pick it back up. It's not worth it. And as I close, we need to face it. We, we need to hate it a little bit. We, we need to, we need to uh, don't go back to it. We need to remove it. Because it's going to make you who God called you to be. You've been holding it. It's been on you for far too long. You might have been trying to hide it. But here, I'm here to tell you, honey, you ain't hiding nothing. People see it. We need to be the light of Christ to this world. But we need to let go of these things that are hindering us in our life. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29 and 30 says it like this. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. Then it says in verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you feel weighed down in life, if you feel unstable, uncomfortable, if you feel uneasy, 
easy in life, if you feel like you can't move in life, I'm here to tell you that's not God's yoke. Because it tells me in his word that yet when times come and life hits, we still have this confidence of my life's a little easy, like it's a little lighter because my faith is in him. But when you feel like the weight of the world's on your shoulder, I'm here to tell you, you need, that's where you need to get closer to God and not draw the farther away. But when we put on freedom, we activate the life that God wants us to live and fruit that will sustain us forever. What we reflect shows our identity. God is saying to you what you, uh, God is saying you are wearing too many things that you're not supposed to. So here's the sign that he has for you. And it's the road sign we're talked about today. Hey, guess what? There's road work ahead. There's work that you have to do. Hey, I'm, I'm here to tell you, hey, you want to get over it? There's some work ahead. There's some times of, of, of feeling, there's, there's work ahead. You have to face it. You got to hate it. You got to remove it. And you cannot pick it up. But it takes work. So here's the sign. There's work ahead. And while you're doing that, you're not going to reflect you. You're going to reflect him. To the people that are coming to your path. We put on his identity. We put on his purpose. We put on his words over our life. And when we do that, we reflect. When people come to our area, in our environments, we reflect not us, not our issues, but we reflect him and put people to the direction to point to Jesus. But we can't do that when we're just weighed down with stuff that is just pointless in our life. What is weighing you down today? What are some things you have put on and you walked with that you continue to trip over on a daily? What what are some things that that you've dealt with from years past that you just need to face it, hate it, let it go? Face it, hate it, remove it, let it go. That's what we need in our lives. And when we do that, we start reflecting his image in our life. And God said, and we say, God, that you may increase and I may decrease. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.